This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. All right, let me stop playing. You should have respected Bobert. I told y'all they were like that. I told you they were better than all these predictions were saying. Oh, everyone's going to say, oh, you're getting a hype because you beat a depleted Washington team. Excuses. I ain't trying to hear it. You still had on Washington Montez Sweat, who had just came back. Isn't he one of your best players? Is he or is he not? Jonathan Allen, arguably your best player. You still had McLaurin. Still had Gibson. I mean, come on. You still had William Jackson in the secondary. You still had Landon Collins, Cole Holcomb. You had a bunch of folk. No excuses. Because when we played you in 2019 at FedEx, we were missing about everyone except Carson Wentz. And we beat y'all anyway. I ain't trying to hear it, bro. Not trying to hear it. It's unfortunate I had a COVID outbreak, but you got most of those people back. You could have ran the ball just like the Eagles did. You could have kept them off the field, but you didn't. You got doubled up in yardage. The Eagles had over 500 yards of total offense. Washington had like 200. Now, I know Garrett Gilbert came up off the street and pretty much learned the playbook on the fly. It happened. It happens. And, you know, I won't make the excuses if the same thing happens to the Eagles next week or the week after. Now, I truly believe that the Eagles will beat Washington after what I saw. They're going to beat Washington in two weeks. I thought we were going to split. No. When Taylor Heineke come back, we're going to punish him too. But, you know, let me backtrack though. I just thank God that got me to Philly safely and safely returning back from Philly to D.C. I'm thankful for that. Um, glad I had a good time. Went to Dave and Buster's before the game. That was fun. Um, it was... It was a great time. Got a little nervous. There's a lot of people around. But it was it was a good time. It was a good time. I mean, I'm just thankful I got there safely and was able to have a good time and return safely. That for sure. And, you know, Eagles fans are hilarious. They are hilarious. The Gardner Minshew chants as soon as Jalen Hurst fumbled. Everyone screaming, get him off my team. Well, not everyone, but a few people here and there. And then people on Twitter, including some, some you know, cute Eagles fans, they talking about get Jalen off the team. I'm like, oh, my God. Y'all just don't understand. See, y'all just Eagles fans. I'm a Sooner fan. I watched Jalen Hurts take my team to the playoffs despite a mountain of fumbles. And close games. I seen him bring back my team from 28 to 3. And I watched that game in Philly. Even with all the tour nonsense that went on. In the SEC championship. He was hurt. Tua was hurt. He came in and did his job. How can I not believe in Jalen Hurts? He brought us back from 28 to three. Come on now, stop playing with this man. 
How could I not believe? That's why when we got ten down 10-0, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was a little silent. I was stunned, just like the, all the other Eagles fans. When I say it was dead silent after uh, that interception, when I say it was, you could have heard a pin drop. And it was like five Washington fans in my section. Bro, they were, they were standing up. They were talking trash. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, what are we doing? This is not good. Then they score. They take advantage of the short field. Then we easily draw down the field again. But we fumble. Montez Sweat out here flexing. But that's the guy you make an excuse for, saying, oh, he's not in shape. Oh, yada, yada. Man, whatever, man. He was flexing after that fumble. I know he was. Anyway... They got that back. Somehow got them to kick a field goal after that. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It's 10 nothing after that. That's when everyone wanted to bench Jalen Hurst. That's when a Gardner Minshew chant started in my section. And I'm just like, I tweeted, Jalen Hurst will be fine. I tweeted that Jalen Hurts will be fine. That's exactly what happened. I think there was a play Washington had, I think it was after that fumble, where Garrett Gilbert threw a jump ball to Terry McLaurin. And this, no, actually, no, Matt started somebody else. But um, he threw it to McLaurin, and he caught it over Darius Slay. Darius Slay lost the ball. And I'm like, that was lucky. I see that Gilbert had an arm, though. I give him that. But it wasn't accurate. The ball died in the air. Like, Slay could have picked that off. And it was another one he lost uh, sight of. But luckily, he was able to recover and knock the ball down. But lucky stuff like that. And the freaking hill toe interception by Landon Collins, that was the most BS thing I had seen in a while. Because if Dallas Goddard catches that pass, he's gone. Well, he may not go all the way, but he's at least getting another 10 yards for sure. We had them totally fooled with that read option, bring the tight end over. We didn't caught, we caught them with that play three times. And this, the, the second time we ran that with Goddard in the fourth quarter, it worked. And we put the game away with that pass. But in that moment, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was luck. Man, listen, man. The Eagles outplayed Washington. I was mad in the first half because the Eagles were playing around. They weren't moving people off the ball. They were turning the ball over. They were committing stupid penalties. There was a screenplay. This is what happened. I think this is when we got the field goal to uh, cut it to 10-3. But there was another third down play that we... Completely killed them on. And it was a great executed screen. But number 68, I don't know if it's Mulatto or Peta, over here holding the safety. He out here hugging and grabbing the safety like he's slow dancing. I was like, are you serious, bro? You are way bigger than this guy. Why are you hugging him? Put him on the ground. Flatten this guy. If you flatten this guy and don't hold him, 
this might be a touchdown. But you hold it and cost us points, man. You got to be kidding me, man. It was just dumb stuff like that that kept Washington in the game. And even in the second half, when we were really dominating, still kept them in the game with dumb drops and penalties. Just got to clean that stuff up if you're going to be a playoff team. But overall, you know, I'm glad that in the second half, the offensive line took over and even the defensive line because the defensive line wasn't getting any pressure on Garrett Gilbert. Just made it easier on him. But in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, they came to play. We weren't really blitzing anybody. But, I mean, whatever. But (laughs) we weren't really blitzing anybody. But they finally got pressure on Garrett Gilbert in the fourth quarter, and that was key. Especially that last play when they collapsed the pocket. And and I saw a lot of that in the fourth quarter where the Eagles were, the D-line was able to collapse the pocket, and Garrett Gilbert was just terrible in the pocket. He was just not stepping in the throws. He was not getting out of trouble when the pocket collapsed and killing them, killing them. It should have been a blowout. At the end of the day, it should have been a blowout. The Eagles should have won 34-7. to seven. Instead, you had to settle for 27-17. They was playing around. How's it a three-point game in the fourth quarter? We clearly outplayed this team. I don't care how many people they get back. Now, okay, it was missing Sheriff. It was missing Heineke. It was missing Allen. It was missing Fuller. Those are some key players, but you still had Allen. You still had Sweat. You still had McLaurin. Like, come on. Stop. Just wait. Just wait till we come to FedEx. I mean, that's Lincoln Financial South anyway. It's always a lot of Eagles fans. There's <laughs> always a lot of Eagles fans that show up at that game. There was like a speck of Washington fans at the link last night. So it's going to be a big difference at FedEx. It's going to look like Christmas, the way it's going to be red and green like that. Damn! It's a wrap. And now we got to beat the Giants, man. Man, we need to smack this team, bro. Real talk. You shouldn't have lost to them the first time. Had three turnovers, including one at the end of the half, in the end zone. Man, we need to smack this team. Every time I see the Giants play, every time I've watched the Giants play since that game, back on November 28th, I just get mad. I'm just like, this team is trash. How did we lose to them? I am still astonished that we lost to this team. They, We got to punish them. We got to punish them. And it's no Daniel Jones, the guy that usually gives us problems. And there's no Daniel Jones. Nah, we got to blow this team out, bro. I'm tired of playing. We got to get them up out of here. I'm astonished that we ever lost to them. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. At least this version of the Giants. Now, some Giants teams in the past were like that, but... This team, nah. Should have never lost them. Got to punish them. Got to put the hammer down. Got to send them on vacation early. I'm just saying. And then, man, the Cowboys. They pretty much got the division wrapped up. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. They're going to beat the Washington football team. They're at home. They're the better team. They are frustrated 
with all the stuff that's been going on with them not playing well lately. And they're gonna they're gonna punish this team. They're gonna punish this team. Uh Washington football team will get Heineke or Allen back. I'm for certain that they will. I'd be shocked if they didn't. But then again, if they don't, I would love to see Garrett Gilbert versus Dallas because Garrett Gilbert is I think he's from Texas and he played for the Cowboys last year. So I would love to see that. But I think it's gonna be either Heineke or Allen versus the the Cowboys. And um they ain't get killed. <laughs> so the Cowboys will wrap up the division. The Eagles will be eight and seven. And the Washington football team will be six and nine. All they can do is pretty much try to spoil our season at January 2nd. But it's not going to happen because we're going to punish them. We're going to punish them again. And then it's going to set up, like I said in the original prediction. It's amazing how we come full circle. Eagles, nine and seven versus the Cowboys. But it's not exactly my prediction because I predicted at that point that the Cowboys would have nine wins, just like the Eagles, but they have 10 wins right now and will for sure have 11 after they dismantle the Washington football team. But that's all they're going to get because I got them losing to Kyler Murray because he liked that, and they'll get it together. And then they're not winning in Philly. I don't care what they got going on. They overrated, and they're going to come to Philly where they've only won like once this decade. All right, I'm exaggerating, but they don't <laughs> they haven't won there very much uh the past 10 or 15 years. So listen, got this. The bird is coming. Even Skip Bayless. If you if you look at the tweet from Skip Bayless, he said that Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts is the Dallas biggest threat. Even Skip Bayless Respects the bird. Game over. Even though he doesn't like them. Trust me, we don't like the Cowboys either out here. I'm just saying. But uh, I like where this is going. I never really lost faith in Jalen Hurts. And we about to get it in, man. We, we about to make this run. And it's on. It's on. You already know. All right, what's next here? Oh, the Wizards. The Wizards. They suck again. The Wizards suck again. And I'm looking at their schedule this month. Beat Minnesota. Didn't lost three straight. Got smacked by Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's playing well right now. That's that's not, I mean, teams are going different directions. That's not bad. Uh, lost to Toronto, I mean, at Toronto, that's a hard place for us to win. Amazed we won the first week of the season. Uh, lost to Indiana, man, we usually don't have no problems with them, but at least Bill had 34. They can't stop him. I'm not really surprised. I talked about the Detroit game where we tried to choke it away because we kept putting Gafford on Cunningham, but... Uh, Kyle Kuzma bailed us out. We lost at we lost versus Utah at home. I mean, Utah just a better team. Uh, Denver, uh, Morris killed us. 
Jokic did what he usually did. Uh, Sacramento, they kind of did what they did to Cleveland, except the difference is Cleveland was able to hit clutch shots to save that game. They gave up a 30-point lead. Uh, Wizards had, like, they didn't have a 30-point lead, but they had a double-digit lead versus the Kings, and they let it slip away and end up losing by 14. Uh, The Kings are a dangerous second-half team. And Wizards fell victim to that. They're not like the Cavs where they can uh, weather the storm with clutch shooting and defense. But whatever. I mean, you know we weren't beating the Suns. Best team in the league. It was close at first, but just too much. Too much Chris Paul. I think they got Devin Booker back. Yeah, I mean... That's too much. Chris, I mean, Chris Paul, I'm looking at this game right now. Ha, Kuzma had four points. Gafford at zero. Jesus Christ. Our bench killed it. Um, Wow, no one on the Suns that game had more than 20 points. Chris Paul had 12 and 6 and 5. He had an okay game, and they still killed us. JaVale McGee has 17 and 8 off the bench. They didn't try, and they beat us by 20. Like, come on, man. And then, and then recently, we just came back against Utah because I guess they were just tired of losing, and Bradley Bill went nuclear and scored 37 his season high. I, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I, I love it. Some form of life. He's supposed to play the Nets. Got postponed. I assume that this Knicks game is getting postponed. Well, or maybe not. But the Nets game is po- got postponed. Uh, we was going to lose that one for sure. And the Knicks, uh, the Knicks are okay. I mean, I, that could go either way. They swept us last year. But this year, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. But this is bad. 3-7 and seven in December. Wow. Wow. Trash. I don't know what Dinwiddie and Harold are doing. Bradley Bill's starting to get it together, but he has no help. We can't guard bigs. Like, this is just uh, awful. Hopefully they get it together and get into a playoff spot. Hopefully away from the play-in game. But that's probably a lot to ask with how well the East is playing as a whole. So, I mean, maybe a play-in spot and just hope it's at home. If, if it's at home, maybe we um maybe that will propel our team to win and get out of the play-in situation. I'm just saying, man. I mean, I, I just hope if we in a play-in, we don't get 50-piece by somebody like Jason Tatum. <laughs> he destroyed us. Hopefully not, man. Uh, quick look at the standings before I move on to uh Jackson State and their nonsense. Uh Brooklyn's in first, of course. They're the most talented team. And this is without Kyrie. He's coming back now, which is, is pretty cool, but he can only play uh road games. Road games that are not in New York or Toronto. Um I I expect more teams to have restriction and don't be surprised. I bought my ticket. But don't be surprised if our mayor in D.C. 
says, no, Kyrie, you can't play here either. Actually, actually, I did get an email about that, about how you got to be vaccinated. I don't know where that email went, but at some point next year, you're going to have to be vaccinated to enter some sort of um, public places. So I think Kyrie ain't going to be able to play here too, which is a shame because I got my ticket and I wanted to see him play. It doesn't look like he's going to be allowed to play in D.C. So more and more places are going to enact this. And so his 24 games he's projected to play is going to come down to like 20, maybe 15. So it's still going to be great to see him play, but, man, that's that's crazy. I mean, I lost my train of thought, but um, listen, the Eastern Conference, I mean, okay, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, Chicago, great young players, great young staff. They having great seasons. I don't know how sustainable this is because eventually – Atlanta, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, they're going to come back and they're going to do what they do. I don't know how Atlanta's in 11, but remember, they were in 11 last year with the Wizards. And they had a great second half run and ended up fourth. So, hey, they got to get people back. And Trey Young is Trey Young. So, of course, they'll be fine. It's teams like that and even Charlotte. Charlotte's not bad. And Boston still have Jason Tatum. So, listen, the East is going to be really competitive. Yeah, Chicago and Cleveland are second and third now, but I'm telling you, it's a lot of competition, a lot of established and experienced teams that are going to be in midseason form, and they're going to come in clutch in the late in the season too. I mean, it's going to be tough. The Wizards better get it together. It's a lot of competition. Jesus. Everyone's competitive except Atlanta, Orlando and Detroit. Pretty much. So it ain't no time to be, you know, going on four-game losing streaks. Just saying. And Jackson State. Jackson State lost to South Carolina State. And I was just looking at the highlights. It's not that. South Carolina State was just that much better. It's just the mistakes by Jackson State. You cannot turn the ball over three times in your own territory. And and on top of that, what makes this so bad is they got destroyed by Shaq Davis from South Carolina State. They got killed by old ball coach Buddy Pugh. No relation. I don't know. I mean, I ask my dad almost all the time, is this pew related to us? Is this pew related to us? And he'll tell me some story about him. He he know, he knows something. So I probably got to ask my dad. Maybe we are related to Buddy Pew. I doubt it. But seriously though, like Jackson State just it just looked like they looked like OU on third down. Looks like no one's open. The line can't block forever, so the pressure gets to uh, Sanders, and they just look a mess on third downs. And it just looked like after that first drive where it looked like they went through the defense like a hot knife through butter, it just looked like they just couldn't get anything going. Too much pressure on Sanders, too many bad decisions by Sanders. Like, it's just, yeah. And then on defense, 
They tried their best. But the short fields killed him. Shaq Davis killed him. I mean, that catch he made, that deep catch he made, a post play in double coverage, that's unbelievable. I was like, he killed y'all. Back shoulder in the end zone. I stayed. I, I kept seeing that guy in the end zone. Number one from South Carolina State, Shaq Davis, destroyed them. And then it was another play where it looked like it was like a pileup. And number 21 from South Carolina State just threw a receiver. I'm just like, are you serious? Y'all got punked like that? Trash. Trash. And this was right after they signed Travis Hunter. I mean, it looks like Travis Hunter's still going there. I mean, but wow. Not a good look after, you know, making a historic signing. I don't know. I don't know if they were focused or ready to go for that game. It was a bad look. I mean, you cut down on the turnovers, then it looks like the FAMU game where they only won 7-6. It would have looked like that game, and maybe you pull that out. But all the turnovers just, just made it worse. So I'm still looking forward to what they can do. I mean, Dion got a son playing quarterback. And got a son playing DB. Uh, damn, that, that his son that that's a DB got the same number in, in everything. Looked just like his dad. Looked just like Dion in uniform. I'm like Jesus Christ. Like I'm like Jesus Christ. Is this your clone or something? And then on top of that, on the other side, you're gonna have Travis Hunter. So that 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 secondary gonna be locked down. Hopefully better than they were uh, on the 17th because they got washed. Uh, We'll see, man. Jackson State ain't going nowhere. But as far as the bowl season, that's pretty much the only bowl I've watched. It's the only one I've watched. I haven't heard of any close bowl games so far. I'm 65% on bowl mania. I mean, I knew knew it was going to go downhill. Once I got the Jackson State pick wrong. So, bowl season is starting to heat up. And I haven't watched a single game other than the highlights of that celebration bowl. Now, you got OU playing on 29th. You got Texas A&M playing in the Gator Bowl. They were. They pulled out. Um, I'm going to find a way to watch the playoffs on New Year's Eve. Most likely I'll be in Jamaica, but the way this COVID thing is going, I don't know if I'm going to be in Jamaica, even though I have everything set up and ready to go. I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. But if I am, I'm going to sit down and watch at least one playoff game, and I might watch the second one. Because the second one's getting dangerously close to uh, midnight. And I don't know, I might want to party or something. <laughs> Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. We will see. I mean, if I can party, I don't know what the restrictions are going to be at that resort. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, Vikings Bears. So I watched that. And I'm like, the Bears look horrible. They basically look like the Giants. They're going to play each other soon. And that game is going to be a joke. I already know. 
it's either going to be low scoring with a lot of turnovers and bad offensive play, or it's going to be that's probably what it's going to be, but or it's going to be really high scoring. I I don't know what it's going to be, but that game is probably in two weeks. Uh, let's see how that goes. Um, but yeah, the Vikings did what they've done several times. They score first or they have a good first few drives. And then after that, their offense stalls. The only reason they got the 17 is because they got helped out by egregious, um, cut below the waist penalty on T's Tabor, who's a DC kid, by the way. Uh, terrible call. He was not trying to, he was just trying to make the tackle. He was not trying to cut an offensive lineman. I didn't like that call, but technically it was correct. It, I, I don't know. That was just bad. Um, then, I don't know. The rest were shaky. The rest were shaky all night. And, um, that was one of them. That was one of the calls. But that was the main that was the main call that helped the Vikings score that touchdown to put him up 17-3. Um the Bears with the penalties and the refs and the just the, the, no execution sometimes on offense on fourth down after they got the ball back fourth and one they call some play they call some rollout play to the right no one's open, and Justin Fields gets popped. I'm just like, what are we doing here? What am I watching? And they also dropped the punt in crunch time, too. So I'm like, yo, this team and the Vikings aren't weren't any better. Couldn't run the ball. They couldn't keep the D-lineman off of Kirk Cousins. Like... I see why this team is as talented as they are. I see why they're seven and seven. They these guys play again at the end of the season, and it's looking like 2018, where the Eagles needed the Vikings to lose against the Bears at home. I didn't think it happened, but then it happened. They this it looked like it's gonna happen again. Because the Bears were in that game despite Everything that was going on, it's this, despite how bad they were playing on offense. They were playing bad on offense, but, well, not that bad. Like, they, they were moving the ball at times, but the penalties, whether they were right or not, were killing them. If they can cut down on the penalties and the turnovers and execute on short yardage, they will win that game at the end of the season and will eliminate the Vikings from the playoffs just like 2018. And I will love it because the bird will get in the playoffs. And if the bird makes the playoffs, oh, man, the Cowboys, probably their opponent, you're going to be in trouble. Game over. Even though the game's in Dallas, big trouble. Big trouble. But Vikings and, and Bears was a joke. I can't believe I sat there and watched it. Wow. Both teams are trash. And it's a shame. Ravens, Packers, 
Oh my god. You know, yesterday I was listening to Baltimore radio and they did not like how John Harbaugh was asking his players should they go for it? Should they go for two? And they it just seemed like to them that John Harbaugh was just indecisive and and weak. And you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like indecisive and weak just asking his players what to do just you know you got to be in charge and take charge you know they didn't like that but um yeah they lost a second game in a row because they go for two instead of tying the game and both plays they go straight to mark andrews i don't blame you because mark andrews killing it he was killing it against the Packers. He's killing it against the Steelers. I understand. But I think that play against the Packers, you had the flats open and you had Marquise Brown open. So, but Tyler Huntley is just doing his thing. He trying, man. He trying. He not bad. He is a lot better than I thought. And he brought those guys back. But shout out to the defense, though. They were getting the Packers, you know, because Aaron Rodgers settled down in the second and the third quarter and did his thing, and they took control of the game. But the Ravens got back in it because they were able to force the Packers in third and longs, and that's important when playing defense. You know, it helps them, you know, get the, get the offense off the field, and they were putting pressure on Rodgers at the end. And that's how they got back in the game. But man, just how they they blow the they blew these games they should have won. And now they're sitting out here out of the playoff race. Well, they're out of the wild card picture right now. They're not in the top seven. This is a team that was number one in the AFC like three or four weeks ago. Wow. These games are crucial, man. If you're going to go for two, man, y'all need better play call. But that was a very entertaining game. Much more entertaining than the Vikings and Bears. Uh, the Packers, yeah, they the best team. But, you know, they look, they're beatable. They're definitely beatable. And they're not a lock to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I mean, this is just the perfect year for a wild card team or even two wild card teams. To make the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Alright man. Caps real quick. They're on COVID pause. Backstrom just came back. Got COVID. He's like Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't know who all the other people. They were supposed to play the Flyers. At the same time as the Eagles game. Boy that would have been a disaster. Traffic wise. But thank God I wasn't in that traffic regardless because I took the, the train. But still, that would have been in, insane. That would have been nuts. But that game got postponed uh, at the last minute uh, that Tuesday because as far as I knew, the game was still going on. And they were going to punish the Flyers anyway. So, I mean, it, but it was going to be weird to be at the Eagles game but also rooting for the Caps. That would have been weird, but hey, got canceled. These guys going through a COVID pause. 
not postpone. I don't know when the postpone game is going to be. I'll consider going to the postpone game. But uh, we'll see. Uh, their game against the Islanders also postponed. But as we speak right now, uh, the Capitals are, despite all the ups and downs in overtime games, the Caps are still they're tied for the top spot in the Metropolitan, and they're one point behind Tampa Bay for the lead in the entire Eastern Conference. What really helps them is when they lose these games, they're overtime losses. Now, they lost to the Kings. They were shorthanded. But I'm like, man, this team, they still doing their thing, even though they get on my nerves sometimes. But even with that, Ovi is still a beast. He's still a beast. So, I mean, look at this. He's third in the league in points behind uh, Drazati, I think that's his name, and McDavid. And, dang, this guy, Drazati, or whatever his name is, he got 23 goals. Ovechkin's got 22. He's still doing his thing. And he's fifth in plus minus. Dog. How old is this guy? This guy, what, 37? That is greatness. Just keep getting better, even though he's getting older. That's just that's just the mark of a great player. One of the greatest of all time. So, Caps got a little break. So, hopefully, they come in the break. They quit playing around and put some distance between us and Carolina and Tampa Bay. That would be great. But we'll see. You know, the cap cycle is going to rear its ugly head and you know about January and February, they're going to start loafing. And then they'll pick it back up in March and April, and then they'll choke in the playoffs. That's how I usually go, but hopefully I'm wrong, and this could be another special season. I say this all the time, but I'm really hopeful. All right, man. Man, what? You already know. You already know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is an overtime match between, well, sudden death overtime match between the 2018 Sooner defense versus the 2021 Sooner offense. Man, this would have been perfect for spring game time. But, hey, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. We got to do it. We got to do it now. I, I just wonder how it goes. But anyway, tell of the tape, 2021 OU offense, you know, they got Caleb Williams, uh, veteran Kennedy Brooks. They got Jadon Hazelwood. Well, they did. Well, this version has them. Jadon Hazelwood, Marvin Mims, Austin Stogner. Who else? You know, Eric Gray. Yes, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Willis, right? Braden Willis, yeah. On 2021. Okay, that's 2021 Sooner offense. 2018 Sooner defense. Of course, you know, you got uh, Big O. He's 
the leader of that defense. He's the one that went pro. Um, you got him. You got Kenneth Murray. Got a young Kenneth Murray. You got a young Trey Brown. You got Trey Norwood. Pat Fields, a young Pat Fields. Robert Barnes, Caleb Kelly, uh, Bolton, uh, Marquise Overton, Mark Jackson. Like, yeah. Oh, and uh, a young Buki that got benched that season. So, I mean, defense wasn't very good. There's some talented individuals, but as a team, they weren't good. They weren't very good. I mean, okay, so 2021 OU offense. They were 49th in third down conversion percentage, which is better than I thought. That's still, you know, top one-fourth of the country. But they are only one spot above ODU, which is head-scratching. They were fifth in the Big 12. Tied for 24th in fourth down conversion percentage. OU 2021 OU offense ranked 10th. 2018 OU defense ranked 101st. It's just, I had to do this matchup because OU offense this year, they just always got stuck on third and longs. They always found themselves in third and longs. Or maybe that only happened against Baylor and Oklahoma State, and I was kind of over-exaggerating. But it kind of happened versus Tulane and Nebraska. So, I mean, it was a problem all year, but I guess the stats show that it wasn't as bad as I thought. The OU defense was horrible every time. See, OU offense in 2021 gotten a lot of third and longs. The OU defense in 2018 gotten a lot of third and shorts, and they couldn't stop a third and short to save their lives. Anyway... We're going to start this thing at the 20. If the offense scores, they win. If the defense stopped them, they win. So it's the traditional rules, four downs. You know, four downs. No time on the clock, though. No time on the clock. You know, four downs, and if they score, they win. If they don't, they lose. That's for the offense. Still traditional rules. Anyway, here we go. We're at the 20. And Sooners line up in base defense. Sooners line up in the pistol. Caleb Williams takes the snap. He fakes it to Kennedy Brooks. And then the DN crashes down. So then he stiff arms K9. He puts a move on Buki. And then he's off to the races. He's off to the races. 50, 40, 35. Trey Brown giving chase. He cuts, he cuts to the left, and he cuts to the right. And Trey Brown gets his hand on him, but then Caleb Williams stiff arms him, and he breaks the tackle, and he scores. Easy money, quick hypothetical game of the episode. 2021 OU offense wins. Caleb Williams, 80-yard touchdown, beast mode. And just like that, that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode, but I'm not out. I have to tell you, GoatLevelTees.com. Go there for your merch, and eventually there will be a blog, and it will also link you to this podcast. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.